Good morning, everybody. How are you doing today? Good to see you guys. Looking good. Especially the people on the front row right here, or the second row. Those are the good. It's not, but maybe they aren't really better looking than the rest of you. I'm just going blind and I can't see. I actually did go up to the back row. Hey, back row Joes. Yeah. I went up there. I was like, man, it's high when you're up, up, up there. Up, up, up there. Anybody watch that Arizona-Oregon game yesterday? Come on. I wish I was a better Ducks fan. I didn't even know the game was on. And David Finley texts me and says, hey, are you watching this basketball clinic? And if there, there wasn't any context of who was winning. So I'm thinking, oh, no, you know, the Ducks are down by 30. And then I turned it on, and we were, like, dominating, which for all of us on the heels of this season of football, this was very cathartic, isn't it? I had... My friend was texting me, and he's like, this feels so good after that football season we had. I'm like, I know, just soak it in, right? Soak it in. The noted basketball powerhouse Oregon Ducks. Yeah. We did win a national championship in, like, the 1930s. I think, Barry, you were alive for that, right? Is it? <laughs> and that's into my message about joy churches, about having strong enough relationships to be able to just, I'm just kidding. You can mess with me later. Todd said, hey, nice shirt. That's the first adult shirt I've seen you wear uh, the whole time. <laughs> Thank you, Todd. Well, this is an awesome day. I'm, I'm excited, incredibly excited about the series that we're in. We've been in a series called Practically Spiritual, learning how to access God. And we've been talking about the reality that as much as we might want to have a relationship with God, God that much more, so much more wants to have a relationship with you and I. And that is so clearly illuminated to us when you think about Jesus that he gave his life on the cross for you and I. The scriptures say that when we were still sinners, and and not to be crude here, but literally when we were still kind of standing there with a middle finger up at God saying, I want nothing to do with you. I don't want anything uh, about you or your ways that God literally gave his one and only son on a cross, was crucified as a criminal to pay for our sins and invite us into relationship. That is what love looks like. And we're talking about accessing God, getting into his presence. But as much as we might want to do that, I want you to know here today, wherever you come from, whether you've been a Christian for a long time, or maybe you're coming in and kicking the tires on this Christianity thing, this God thing for the very first time, uh, you're very welcome to be here. We're so happy that you're here. Wherever you are, wherever you've come from, God desperately wants to have a relationship with you. In fact, it's one of the fundamental facts of our existence that we were created for relationship With God. It's a mystery to us that at some point in eternity, in infinity past, which is paradoxical, that makes no sense, but that God said in the Trinity, let's make man in our own image. He desired to create us, but he made us for relationship. He wanted to extend what he enjoyed within himself. It's an incredible thing. And so we're talking about this, that God made us for relationship and he wants a relationship with you and and with me. And that's an exciting thing. We've been talking about how to read the Bible, how to get more out of the Bible and understand how to read it, some of the principles there. We've looked the last couple weeks on the uh, area of prayer. How many of you have really seen some upgrade in your prayer life after the last couple of weeks? That's awesome. There's a lot of hands in the back. The front people were like, they didn't get anything. (laughs) But the back people, they got a lot out of it. Maybe they can hear better back there. But I've really been just getting so uh, so much out of my times of prayer But I'm very excited for the next two weeks to talk about the topic of hearing the voice of God, hearing God. And I remember I I did kind of an unscientific poll at the beginning of the series and said, how many of you want to learn to hear the voice of God? Let me ask you again. How many of you, this topic is like, yes, I want to know how to hear God's voice. 
Now, a lot of people are actually kind of afraid of this topic and kind of put off by it. And I remember growing up and I'd go to youth conferences and I'd be in church. I'm a PK. That's probably why I have some psychological issues. And I grew up in church, also why I have some psychological issues. I'm just having fun with you, okay? Yeah. This is, we just put the fun back in dysfunctional. And uh, anyways, I grew up in church, and I'd hear these stories. These, these preachers would come in, you know, and there's always a big guy who'd had a little bit too much to eat, and he'd, you know, herk up his belt a little bit, you know, and, and uh, he would tell a story. And the story would go something like this. I was there on the airplane, and this young man came and sat next to me, and then so clearly the Lord spoke to me and told me every single thing about his life. Then I led him to Jesus, he got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and gave a million dollars to missions after that plane ride. And you're like, that's never happened to me. <laughs> I'm like, you know, awkward, hey, can I tell you about Jesus? No, okay, sorry to bother you, you know. And, and this whole aspect of hearing God's voice, and I hear preachers say, and pastors say, well, yeah, I heard God speak to me very clearly, and I'm like, does he have your phone number? I mean, how does this work? And, and it was very intimidating to me, because I, I didn't understand how God was speaking, and how many of you have heard these kind of stories? Well, I, I heard God, and, and, and he said this to me. And, and oftentimes we think, there's something wrong with me. God must not want to speak to me, or maybe I'm not good enough, or not holy enough, or I'm not doing it right. Uh, maybe I have to turn you know, and face a certain direction when I pray, and then I'll hear God. And I just want to let you know that, that none of that is a reality. That oftentimes when we hear stories and somebody says, I heard God, it's someone who is in a conversational relationship with God and has learned to be attuned to the leading of God in the very different ways that God can speak, even to different individuals. And so when they say, I heard God, what they're oftentimes saying is not necessarily that God was like, hey, do this thing. Yes, I will do it. Okay, good. You know, it's not necessarily like that, okay? Now, can God speak in that way? Absolutely. We see in the scriptures and even different times in my life where I do feel that I've heard the voice of God, maybe not audibly, but in a very clear way. But God speaks in many different ways. He speaks differently, and he speaks in a way that you will actually be able to receive and understand that it is his voice, okay? So I hopefully can take out a little bit of that fear or intimidation in this kind of a thing. You know, I, I remember two specific significant moments where God spoke to me and guided me and led me in my life. One of them, I was, I think, 13 years old, 13 or 14 years old, and I was at a prayer seminar, and there was a, a, a woman, uh, a teacher that was there. Her name was Alice Smith, and she was preaching and speaking at this thing, and her husband was named Eddie. And I remember Eddie played the piano, and he sang a really old-fashioned, funky song that I didn't like at all. And I was like, this song is lame. And I remember thinking that, like, what a lame song that he sung, right? But, but, but even in that, I didn't like the song, but I felt the presence of God. God was there. And I actually remember being in this time of worship and specifically thinking, I don't like this song, and yet I feel God's presence. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I go home, and I think the next day, I was thinking about the song I didn't like, but thinking about feeling God's presence. And I, and I felt something inside of me. And, and again, I don't know how to express this in a way that you can understand, but I'll do my best. I felt God speak to me and say, I want you to be a worship leader. I want you to do what he did. Now, I didn't hear a voice. There wasn't sound that I know of in the air, it was an impression that all of a sudden, as I was thinking about that, I felt, whether it was in my mind or my heart, that God was speaking to me. And because I knew his voice, I could understand that it was him and not just a random thought, that he was saying, I want you to do that. And that, be, that 
came confirmed in my life. I began to pursue music. I began to, to play the piano and I began to sing. And there was a desire that, that was birthed in that moment. And then that gifting was placed inside of me and it actually emerged. And, I, and I'm a worship leader. I, I spent many, many years as a worship leader working on staff at churches, so on and so forth. And that's a gift that God placed in me. But I very clearly heard and experienced the leading of God, the speaking of God. Another time in my life that I heard the Lord was when Bethany and I made the, the trip to move to Eugene. So I'm actually from Southern Oregon, which is where real men are born. I didn't say I'm a real man. I just said that's where they're born. I don't like to hunt or fish or go outside even, so I don't know if I really qualify as a real man. But, but people d- definitely do that there in Southern Oregon. And it's slightly politically different if you go down to Southern Oregon, a little different than Eugene and different kind of atmosphere and culture. And it's a great place. And uh, I grew up in Medford, uh, grew up around the Rogue Valley down there in that area. And uh, there's great hiking and all those kind of things. I never did any of that, but it's all there. (laughs) And I remember when the opportunity came to come to Eugene and Bethany and I were praying and we were weighing the options and it was, we were wrestling with this decision. And God, will you guide us? God, will you lead us? Lord, we want to follow you. Is this what you've called us to do? And I remember that we kind of both came to this statement in the car one time driving back to Medford from Eugene as we were exploring the idea of coming up. And we said, this is either God or the worst idea in the world. And then now we say it was a little bit of both. But I remember that we were desperate to hear God and I was praying and I don't know, you know, how you have, like, your prayer face, but mine looks like, you know, I'm kind of uncomfortable. You know, you're praying and you're like, thinking that if I, like, squeeze my fist in my face that maybe God will hear me. But anyways, I'm praying, like, God, you know, speak to me, Lord. Help me, God. You know, please lead us. And, I, and the Lord spoke to me in a very interesting way. He showed me a picture of thousands of people coming to Christ in the area of Eugene. And I just saw people walking in the doors uh, I don't even know what building it was. It was just a place. It wasn't a movie theater. It wasn't a place. It was just a place. I don't know where it was. And I, and I, and I felt in my spirit that the Lord was saying, if you go, I'm going to, I want to move in this way, right? Not because of me. Don't, I'm not saying I'm causing this. I'm just, God was saying, I want you to be a part of something. I want you to, to go. And so I was like, Bethany, I feel like the Lord spoke to me. Now, why did I share those stories with you? Because neither time did God speak out of the sky and open clouds and, and speak it was an impression. It was a sense. In one case, it was actually like a picture that I saw that confirmed to me a direction that I was to go, but it was the leading of God. Now, what I want to say to you today, and, and this week I'm going to set, set this up, and next week we'll talk specifically about how to be guided by the voice of the Lord. But I want to set this up today by saying to you that I, I think that you, whether you realize it or not, have actually heard God speak to you whether you recognize it in that moment or not. And I can say this with some confidence because our God is a relational, communicating God. You know, God is incredible in that he is transcendent above all creation. He created everything that we can see. He, he's, he's all-powerful. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. God is incredible. He's amazing. He's transcendent, right? He's this just incredible but he's also imminent in that he's close to us. He's personal. He, he, he gave us the scriptures to speak to us. He sent prophets. God wants a relationship. So he's both infinite, but he's also personal. He's transcendent, but he's close to us. He's relational. And this is the kind of God that we serve. It's his character. It's his nature. It's like my wife. Whether I want to hear it or not, she's going to talk. 
And the reality in our relationship is it goes both ways. Because sometimes she's like, I don't want to hear it. You know, I'm like, I want to talk about how I feel. No. <laughs> Go hunting. I don't like to hunt. Okay. But God is relational at the core of who he is. He speaks. He's communicating. And so whether or not you've recognized the voice of God doesn't mean that he's not speaking. I believe that he has spoken to you. I believe that you've heard his voice. I believe that you felt his impression upon you. I believe that you felt the hand of your father, even maybe before you knew Christ. Or if you're here today and you don't know Christ, if you came here today and you don't know Jesus, did you know that you're not here by accident? That perhaps that sense that you thought, I'm going to go see that movie Joy Church in Theater 8. And you walked in here. Like, this is a terrible movie. But perhaps, but perhaps the creator of heaven and earth put his hand upon your life and guided you and directed you and helped to steer you into a divine moment, a destiny moment. And I, I want to tell you that you've heard God's voice. Maybe didn't recognize it. But you and I were made to hear God. You look in the book of Genesis and Adam was made and Eve made in the image of God and they would walk. Adam would walk in the cool of the day in the garden and walk and talk with God. That was the picture of how we were intended to be, intended to be in that perfect conversational relationship with God right from the very beginning. And I don't want you to have fear about this area of hearing God. Don't have fear. Paul spoke this to his his spiritual son, Timothy. He said, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. The fear that you might feel even in this area is not from God. Gave us a but of power, of love, and of a sound mind, Paul says. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6, speaking about the leading of God, leading his people, says, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who, listen to these words here, goes with you. Isn't that incredible? That God is going with us, goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. You serve a relational God. You are made for relationship. And then Jesus said this, which is powerful. Probably the, the, the most true sense of how, about the, the, the guidance and the speaking of God. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. I know them, and they follow me. Jesus, the good shepherd, he leads us, he guides us. Psalms 23 talks about, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me, right? He guides me. He's watching out for me, providing for me. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. One of the things that I want to set up today as we talk about hearing God is that hearing God is not meant to be this thing that you sort of like, doop, 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 doop. Hi, 1-800-GOD. Yeah, hey, it's me. And uh, I need something right now. Okay, thanks. Bye. Click. That's oftentimes how we perceive guidance, right? We think that it's like 1-800-GOD. Hey, it's Jake. I need 50 bucks. I'm late on my rent. Thanks, God. Bye. That's not what hearing God is about. God wants to start a conversation with you that never stops. God wants to start a conversation with you that never stops. Dallas Willard says it this way, Hearing God is but one dimension of a richly interactive relationship, and obtaining guidance is but one facet of hearing God. You know, I have a beautiful relationship with my wife, and we have a great communication most of the time, and that's because I do what I'm told. And I'm just kidding, right? Happy wife, happy life. No, my wife's amazing. She's incredible. And we, we have this wonderful relationship, and we, I love speaking with her. I love when she just tells me about her day, and I love when she talks to me about what she's going through, and I love when she tells me what she's dealing with and what's good and what's bad. 
And you know, our relationship is about so much more than, hey, Bethany, what do you want to eat for dinner tonight? And it's about so much more than what do you think we should do here? That's, those are, that's one facet of a, of a relationship with God. And do you see how if we think about hearing God's voice is all about just, God, tell me where to go when I have a decision to make. Or God, will you meet my need? Will you answer me and tell me, am I supposed to marry this person? And we only make it about guidance or only about immediate needs. We're missing out on what God actually wants, which is an ongoing, interactive conversation with us. Okay? God wants this kind of a relationship with us. Now, I want to give you three things here today, and then we'll go practical about about hearing God, the truth about hearing God, and and kind of, again, just taking away some of this fear that we might feel in this area. Number one, because God loves you, he will guide you. Because God loves you, he will guide you. I remember that I lived in so much fear for so long that I would make a wrong decision and I would miss out on the will of God. How many of you ever felt this way? Oh, no, I don't know what to do. If If I work at Burger King instead of McDonald's, then I'm, I might be out of the will of the Lord and, you know, and, and, and I'll miss him and then my whole life will go down the wrong direction and I'll marry the wrong person and then I'll be in a gutter in New York City. You know, I don't know why, but that's what will happen. And we're, we live in fear of missing God. How many of you have ever had a tangible fear like I might miss God and mess up my whole life? Okay. I want to tell you that because God loves you, he will guide you. He will speak to you. He will show you the way. Now, there's a couple different ways to look at this. One thing I'll say that has been very helpful to me is to understand the will of God is both general and specific. And I'll explain it this way. It was explained this way to me. Imagine that your children are playing in the backyard, right? We have a nice backyard that we just got a new house, and there's a play structure, and there's swings, and a slide, and it's awesome. It's fenced in, and so the kids are back there. If Jack is back there, my son, he's three years old, if he's you know, not hitting his sister, which is, that happens more than I'd like it to, but if he's back there and he's swinging on the swing or he's sliding or he's running around in circles or he's digging holes in the yard, as long as he's not in any danger and he's in the backyard, he's in my perfect will. Whether he's on the swing or he's on the play structure or he's digging a hole, whatever he's doing back there, as long as he's safe. Do you understand what I mean? There's a general sense of Jack being in the will of his father where he can do what he wants. There's some independence in that, but he's not, if Jack goes into the front yard, oh, uh uh-uh. Then I will specifically come out and arrest his attention. Young man. Isn't it crazy how kids don't know your voice when they're doing something naughty? Oh, he knows my name when he wants a banana at six in the morning. But all of a sudden, when you're running out into the road, it's like, I don't know what my dad's voice sounds like. You know. But when he goes out into the front yard, it's like, you just crossed the line. Get your book in there. You know, we always do this thing as parents where we act like we're not, you know, we don't, aren't crazy with our own children. So it's like, oh, Jack, you know, in the front yard, it's like, hey, son, please come back inside. <laughs> I'm a pastor. Good to see you today. <laughs> then all of a sudden, whoop, you know, inside the house, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Right? So Jack, as long as he's in the backyard, he's okay. When he crosses out, then I go. But what do I do? I go out and I address him. This is not where you're to be. This is not where you are to be. You are not allowed to be in the front yard. People kidnap people like you. I know that probably doesn't happen a whole lot, but still, you need to feel the fear, you know? And I come and I speak specifically to him. There's a general sense of the will of God. Then there's a specific sense. 
And this is where there's been times where we go, God, I really want to do this one thing. God, I want to do this one thing. And you know that it's a no. And it's a specific no. You're not to be there. I don't care where you are, but you can't go, that you do not do this thing. My dad used to do this really annoying thing with the globe. He did it to my sister way more. It was awesome. <laughs> where she would have a bad attitude, because that was my, you know, my sister. I'll just talk about her here. And, uh, and uh, she would be doing something and want to you know, do something. And my dad would say, listen, you see this globe? And he'd spin it. Yes, Dad, I see the globe. Okay, see this little area right here? This is called the United States. And we live in this little state called Oregon right here. And we live in this town called Medford. And if you could, you know, zoom in, you'd see this little place called 330 North Barnburg Street. And in that house, I'm in charge. <laughs> Bink. He put his finger there. And he'd say, so anywhere else that you want to live for free, rent-free, and have your own way, you, you can do what you want to do. But here on the globe, you know, this part, specifically right here, this is what I'm speaking. God's will can be general and specific. But because God loves us, he will guide us. I remember one time I was, had to make a decision. It was a big decision. And again, I was just wrestling with it and I was nervous and scared. My mom said something that really stuck with me. She says, Jake, God's not going to let you drive off a cliff. And I'm like, what? God's, and, and I thought about it. What she's saying is this. God loves me. He's going to, if something is a, is a life-altering bad decision, God's going to uh, illuminate that so that I can see and make a decision. I, it doesn't mean God's going to stop you from doing it. You could still do it. But he's going to speak to you and say, don't do that thing. And Jesus talks about this in Matthew chapter 7. He says, you earthly fathers being evil... You know how to give your children good gifts. If your kid comes and asks you for a fish, you're not going to give them a snake. If, if your son or your daughter comes to you and asks for a piece of bread, you're not going to give them a stone. Some of you dads would do that just to be funny. But, you know, God's not going to do that. And I thought about this and I thought, God, you're not a worse father than me. I'm not going to let my son run into the street and get hit by a car, not if I can help it. And don't you think that God Almighty, this, the, the omniscient, om, omnipresent, and omnipotent, that he, do you think he's a worse father than, I'm, than I am? No, God is, is going to speak. He's going to guide. He's going to direct because of his love. Number two, and this is kind of continuing on this theme, you won't miss God by accident. This is another fear that, you know, I'm just going along my way, and all of a sudden God had this opportunity for me, and I just didn't see it. I just missed it by accident. No, you won't miss God by accident, only on purpose. Now, this is where it gets a little sticky. Because sin, right? Sin means missing the mark. It means breaking God's holy law. It means doing what we know to be wrong. Self-will, my own thing, my own way. Selfishness, putting myself first. These things blind us from perceiving or responding to God's guidance, but they do not happen by accident. You see, a lot of you might be thinking, well, I feel like I've missed God in my life. Mm, probably not. Probably on purpose. You didn't want to listen. You know, there's been times in my life where I made some bad decisions and I got myself in bad relationships and I got into bad circumstances and it wasn't because God wasn't speaking. It's because I didn't like what he said. And you go, well, I didn't feel like I heard God. Did you feel that it was wrong when you were considering doing that thing? Then you heard God. Have you ever encountered the scriptures and read the Bible and seen what he said? And I'll go into that in a little bit more detail. No, you heard God. You didn't like the answer. 
For me, I've never missed God by accident. I always miss him on purpose. But it's easier to say, oh, I missed him because he was too hard to find. Or I missed him because I didn't know what God wanted me to do. No, usually you do. You see, there's this thing inside of you called your conscience. Some people think it's a little cricket named Jiminy. Whatever your conscience looks like, whether it's a gross bug or something else, God put that inside of you and oftentimes uses it to speak to you specifically and say, don't go there. Don't go there. And we go, oh, but, but no, but my situation's unique. My situation's different. It's okay for me to break the, the scriptures, break the commands of Christ, but it'll work out good for me because I'm special. <laughs> and then something bad happens and then we go, well, God, why didn't you tell me? And he, he says, well, I, I did tell you, but you have free will. You, you have the ability to make decisions and there's consequences. We don't miss God by accident, only on purpose. And then we need to understand that God speaks in so many different ways. You know, I think if we're waiting for this audible voice, this is my servant Jake, I have called you out of bed today to go and wear your black sneakers and go, you know, no, that's not going to happen. Or, or a sign in the clouds, you know, oh man, I was driving and all of a sudden I looked up and Jesus was in the clouds and he had a sign that said, go to this place. Like that doesn't, no, that's not going to happen. I mean, maybe it could. I'm not saying it can't, but it's not realistic. There's a story in the Bible about this prophet Elijah, who was an incredible man of God, could hear the voice of God. I mean, gave incredible prophecies and heard God so clearly. And he goes to this mountain and he's there and there's this fire on the mountain and says, but God was not in the fire. And then there's this wind and rain and all blowing and God wasn't in that. Not all in all the noise. Then it says there was a a small whisper. There was a still small voice. God oftentimes is in the quiet moments, the quiet place, not in all the noise and all those kind of things. And God speaks in so many different ways. God speaks to us through other people. He speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us with impressions. He speaks to us through peace or not having peace. He speaks to us with closed and open doors. And I'll explain this more. So finishing up today, how do I hear God. How do I hear God? Number one, if you don't get anything else out of this today, get this. This is the number one most powerful way to hear God. You have to get into the scriptures, get into the Bible, get in the word. When people say, I don't hear God, I say, do you have a Bible? Yes. Then you have heard God because he has the lion's share of everything God wants to say, needs to say that you need to hear is in his word. Okay. If you say, well, you know, I don't hear the voice of God. Have you read through the scriptures from cover to cover ever in your life? If not, do that and then come back and we'll talk. Because I guarantee you that if you will seek God through the scriptures and get into the word, you will hear God's voice speaking to you. You know, when, when I read a C.S. Lewis book or a G.K. Chesterton book or, you know, some kind of other book, what I realize is happening there is that that writer or author, though they are dead and gone and cannot physically speak to me in this moment, that their words live on. And it's as if I was sitting in the room and what they wanted to say is being said. The communication is happening, right? So is, is, is God dead and gone and not speaking anymore? Absolutely not. No, and I'll talk about that in a second. He does speak even in a personal way, but he speaks to us through his written word. This is the number one most important way and, and best way to hear God. And let me tell you why. Because you know that it's him. You see, as you're developing the ability to hear the voice of God, 
one of the things you need to do is have a baseline, a foundational understanding. You ever heard somebody come and say, well, you know, I was out talking to Justin, and then he just said this, 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 and this, and you go, no, I know my friend. That's not, he wouldn't say that, right? You know, a lot of people are like, yeah, I was out there, and I was, uh, uh, I was praying, and the Lord told me to, to uh, leave my wife and uh, take the, you know, hook up with the secretary. I don't think so. You see, I know God. I've read the word, and actually that's called sin, and it's wrong, and he wouldn't say that to you. So you might have heard something, but you didn't hear God. There's a baseline of relationship. The word, knowledge of Scripture is knowledge of Christ. When you, you know, in our generation, in our culture, so many people are wanting to co-op the person of Jesus and turn Jesus into the social justice warrior or the political revolutionary Jesus or that there's no judgment in everything anybody does, no matter what it is or how screwed up it is, is okay because Jesus said don't judge and that's in the Bible. And everybody wants to co-op Jesus and have a Jesus that they pull out anytime and go trump card, boom, Jesus said this. And the problem is that oftentimes they're neglecting to look at the total person of Christ as revealed in Scripture. And when you see the Jesus of Scripture, yes, he cares about the needs of the poor and social justice. Yes, he cares about political structures that are oppressive to people. Yes, he cares about morality and he's forgiving and so on and so forth. Yes, he cares about all of the aspects, but there's a total person there that you need to get to know in the Scripture. So don't say, I don't hear God. I, don't, I can't hear his voice. Yes, you can. You can actually get to know him very well right now today by reading your Bible. <clears throat> and when... You are full of God's word. I mean, think about even the terminology here. We call the Bible God's word. When you're full of the scripture, when you're full of God's word, you will know, you will be attuned to hear his voice. Oftentimes when we say, I want to hear the voice of God, we haven't learned to tune the radio in by getting in the scripture so that scripture permeates, that we think through a lens, the, the lens of biblical thinking that we don't make the Bible, uh, change the Bible to fit what we think. We change what we think to fit the Bible. I'm just going to preach for five minutes. Is that okay? I'm going to get on a soapbox and preach. Okay. In our culture, one of the most disturbing trends is that we go on Facebook and we read uh, the opinion of a blogger. And they'll say things like, well, you know, da-da-da-da-da. And they twist scripture to fit their opinion. And, and people buy it hook, line, and sinker and march off into destruction Do not change the scripture to fit what you think. Change what you think to fit the scripture. Come on. There's a lot of things in scripture, moral issues, issues that face us politically, morally, so on and so forth. And I won't go into detail here, but there's a lot of issues where where people say, uh, you know, this is where I, I, I don't have a feeling one way or another. And I'll tell people, look, if it were up to me or it was my thinking, I don't actually care about this issue. But God says this, therefore that's what I believe. And there's safety there. Do you know the voice of the Lord? Are you in the word? When you're full of God's word, you will know his voice. Number two, how do I hear God? Be quiet. This is hard for some of us. Be quiet. Wait, also hard for some of us. And listen. How will you hear God unless you silence the other voices? How will you hear God unless you silence the other voices? Is prayer your last resort or is it your first response? The psalmist in Psalm 131 verse 2 in the message translation says, I've kept my feet on the ground. I've cultivated a quiet heart. I love that. I've cultivated a quiet heart like a baby 
Content in its mother's arms, my soul is a baby content. Wait, Israel, for God. Wait with hope. Hope now, hope always. One of the things that I do in life, and I wish I didn't, and I need to stop, is that when I face a decision, I'll often go right away to Google, to Google you know, pros and cons, and I, and I do research, and I talk to other people, and what we should do, what I should do, is I should say, God, what do you, what do you think? And I should be quiet, and I should wait, and I should listen. But oftentimes, that feels like you're not doing anything, right? But the reality is that that's where you really are doing something. Be quiet, wait, and listen. Number three, be aware of how God can speak specifically to you. And we talked about this a little bit, but God speaks through his word. There's, there's, and in the scripture, the written word in Greek is the logos. It's the written word or the graphe. It's engraved. It's, it's static. It never changes But then sometimes God will illuminate a particular passage and it becomes what's called a rhema, which means it's a dynamic, specific, uh, to your context word. So how this works kind of logistically, practically, is when you're reading the Bible, there might be a verse or a passage of Scripture and you're reading it and it doesn't stick out to you. And then one day you'll be going through reading and all of a sudden, like, boom, it comes alive and God ministers to you and speaks to you through that rhema word from his Scripture. So God speaks through his word, both, again, generally, but also specifically. We'll talk about this more next week and unpack it. God speaks through other people. This is an amazing thing that God speaks through other people, right? Even today, when you come and hear a sermon on Sunday, my prayer and hope is that God would be speaking to you through me. But God can speak to you through all kinds of people, even people that aren't Christians. Some, I've heard people, I've heard God speak to me through people that were not Christians at all. Maybe didn't even like me or whatever, but, but, they, but God was using them, was speaking through them to, to share something with me. God can speak through an impression that we feel. He can speak through a still, small voice. I would call that the thought voice. One of the ways that I hear God is it almost sounds like my thoughts, but, I, but, I, it, it, but it's different. There's a subtle difference, and I, and I recognize this is, this is most likely coming from the Holy Spirit speaking into my mind or into my thoughts, and that's what I call that still, small voice. Um, God can speak through peace or lack thereof regarding a decision. You know, sometimes when, when you're uh, maybe at a crossroads and you're looking to go to the left or to the right, you will, you will have a, a sense of calm and peace about a particular decision. Now, as long as that's in line with, with God's word in the scriptures and you feel that peace, it's probably a good, a good uh, direction to go. You know, one of the things that I've had to learn as a pastor and as a leader is there's a lot of decisions that come to me that I have to make. And a lot of times there's kind of a time component. And so I've had to, to learn to be guided by peace. God, I've got this person here, this person here. Who do I need to put in this, this position of leadership? I'm praying about this guy. I'm praying about this guy. They're both great. They're, uh, where, where's the peace? You know, I don't feel peace about this. I'm going to go this way. Or I feel peace this way. I'm going to go this way. That's a way that God speaks to us. God can speak to us in visions and dreams. Uh, there's a lady down in Medford that, that the Lord gives her dreams, and oftentimes they are very much so either guidance or giving her insight into a person. Sometimes the Lord will give her a dream about someone, and she goes and says, hey, I had a dream about you. I don't know what it is. Are you okay? No, this is going on in my life. It's all messy. And the Lord used that, right, to guide her and direct her. Very interesting. Uh, how many of you know Mara Kong? Pastor Mara in Cambodia, a lot of you, there's a story that I heard about uh, Mara, who Mara is like the most amazing guy. And uh, they were, had built their sanctuary in Cambodia, and at one point there was like a, a short in a wire, and I'll probably mu- you know, muff this story, but Mark, you might know this story. And, and they didn't know where it was, and they were going to have to tear all this plaster out, 
And Mara said, Lord, will you show it to me? And God gave him a vision of that particular spot. They went there, cut a tiny hole, found the short in the wire, and fixed it. So you go, okay, coincidence. Hmm, I think not. He had a vision. An audible voice. Sometimes God speaks in an audible voice. I don't think I've ever had God speak in an audible voice to me, but God has, he does, he can. I wish he would all the time, but that's not what he does. But you realize if God always spoke in an audible voice, you'd never have to have faith. You know, God shows up. I'm here to tell you something. You know. I don't know why God is Arnold Schwarzenegger, but hey. You know, it's a little bit overpowering, right? So it kind of takes out the component of trust and following and a witness in our spirit. Again, that peace that... Uh, or an event that opens or shuts a door of opportunity. One of my probably most common prayers is this. Lord, would you open the, the doors that need to be opened and shut the doors that need to be closed? You know, we, we, um, when we were moving the church, we were at a community center, and we, we needed to move. We were packing that place out, too many kids running up and down the walls. And we said, God, will you guide us to our next location? Will you guide us to the place where we need to be? And I, I was, like, pursuing all these different buildings, pursuing all these different ways and, it, and I said, God, just open the door that you want to be open. Shut the one that you want to be shut. And I would call, and the weirdest stuff would happen. It would be like, oh, this is going to work perfectly. And it would just be like, boom, slam shut. Okay, thanks, Lord. Sometimes when a door gets slammed in your face and you feel like negative about it, thank God. Maybe you're applying for a job. Say, God, shut the door if it's not right or it's not good. My dad used to say this, or he still says it, and it's a great statement. He says, God sees around corners. And I love that we have a good father that's looking out for us. And sometimes he opens doors or shuts doors, and that's how he speaks to us. Number four, wrapping up today, we need to be a people that practice obedience. How do I hear the voice of the Lord? Get in the word. Be quiet, wait, and listen. Be aware of God, how he can speak. But when he speaks, obey. One of the quickest ways to shut down your relationship with God is to disobey when he speaks to you. You know, a lot of times... We need to go back and say, God, what did you say to me last? The last thing that God said is probably where he's still at, going, hey, I'm, I'm ready. And, and here's the nice thing about God. Like, you can't, he can outweigh us. Right? Time's ticking for us, but for God, it's not. He's like, I can wait. I'm patient. He definitely has the fruit of the Spirit working in his life. So when I hear God, when I feel led, when I... When I believe that Lord is asking me to step out in faith and share Christ with someone or, or love someone or reach out to my neighbor or maybe God's challenging me in an area of sin that I need to repent of and, and begin to change in my life, I need to step out and practice obedience because as we practice obedience, we develop, again, a, a, a more intimate sense of God's leading and speaking and it opens up that relationship with God. You know, one of the most sad things that we do with God is we treat him as an, as an impersonal entity instead of a personal being. But the scripture says that it's possible to grieve the Holy Spirit. You can grieve the Holy Spirit with disobedience and lack of faith and unbelief and just, you know, bitterness and all these kinds of things. And a lot of us are, have so much in our life that we're holding on to. And, and God is saying, hey, put all that down and let's walk together. I want to speak with you. I want to talk to you we got to practice obedience. And the number five, as we finish up here, we need to learn to walk in relationship. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. They, they hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. 
Do you recognize the voice of Jesus? Have you spent enough time with him in, in the word? Have you spent time in his presence where he's, his voice comes to you and, and you recognize that it's, it's him? And I don't want you to feel guilty if you're like, no, the answer is no. What, what I want to encourage you to do is why would you want to live without that? Why would you want to walk one day without having the intimate fellowship of God in your life? Why, why would you want to listen to a bunch of other voices? Maybe it's time to just silence the other voices. Maybe it's time to go ahead and shut down the Netflix account and the Facebook account. You know, the world will still be a screwed up mess, even if you don't know about it on Facebook or say something about it. And why don't you just take some time and make some space and say, God, I want to get to know you so that I can have this intimate, personal relationship with you. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. This doesn't mean that we're meant to like come to a church building and get on our knees and like never stop doing that. What it means is that as you live, as you breathe, as you go, have an intimate personal relationship with God where you can just talk to God. You know, sometimes I don't even start my prayers with religious words. The Lord, I, I could just speak to him. Jesus, I love you. Thank you. What a great day. It's so beautiful out today. God, thank you for, for your creation. Lord, thank you for my family. I'm so thankful. You know, I just speak to God. This, I want to keep that connection open with God. Pray without ceasing. God wants to start a conversation with you that never stops. What a beautiful thing that he's invited us into relationship. This morning, I want to invite any person here that doesn't have a relationship with Jesus. I want to invite you to start a conversation with God. And the amazing thing, we talked about this a little bit earlier in the beginning, is that God did everything, all the work, and set it up so that you can have a relationship with him. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter who you've been, you can put your faith and trust in Jesus and give your life right now to him. And he will save you and he will make you a brand new person from the inside out and you will start this relationship with God.